All right, everybody. Whoops. Hey, patrons, it's me. I started off, uh, I don't know what I was doing. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and friends beyond the binary. It's time for the podcaster who you, who you enable, my, my you empower my mistakes for good, patrons. What do you say we get on with the show? Hey, everybody, this is Scoots here. And, I, like, usually this this would be part of the whole, but this is, like, something I support. And I'm coming in here because I really want to encourage you to support the Asian members of our community. And one thing I support and you could support is to go to org right now. And that's the National Asian Pacific American Women's Forum. And it's the only organization uh, focused on building power with AAPI women and girls to influence critical decisions that affect our lives, our families, and our communities. And as a father uh, of an AAPI woman, uh, this is really important to me. Uh, but as a member of the, this community and my broader community and my local community, it's important to me too. So if you go to NAPAWF.org, you, you can take action right now in a few different ways. So you can donate, you can sign their petition, and you can learn more. Uh, so I want to empower you right now to take action to support the AAPI uh, members of our community. Uh, thanks, everybody. Hey, everybody, this is Scoots, and this episode coming up here is a blast from the past as we slowly approach episode 1000. I've been kind of looking back at some of the older episodes and some of the periods of the podcast and just saying, oh, okay, these are ones I get a lot of feedback about, or these are ones I have a strong association with. And so I'm going to be pulling a few of these out of the vault here uh, leading up to it. And, and by playing this, it also gives me a chance so that, that eventually, hopefully this summer, I'll be able to take a week or two off. So that'll be nice, too, to pre- prepare for for episode 1000 or to relax after it. Uh, but so this particular episode is uh, not just when I say, oh, I really remember, I can remember making this, I can remember feeling good about it. But it was also a trip uh, to, to, to the McElroys uh, from my brother, my brother and me. And the extended McElroy family, like uh, they just went out of their way. Uh, they're all amazing individuals and amazingly supportive of Sleep With Me and the Sleep With Me podcast community. And particularly Justin just went out of his way really early on to encourage me. And I don't think I'll ever be able to forget it or uh, or repay it. uh, And to just remind me, you know, why I make this show and what's really important and what he kind of learned from his journey. And so it's great pride that I I get to replay this episode. And if you don't listen to one of the many podcasts, uh, my brother, my brother and me make the McElroy brothers or any of the individual McElroys. Uh, you could check them out. They also have a new book about making podcasts, uh, uh, that I, uh, they bought and I've bought it for a couple people out there uh, that have been thinking about starting to make their own podcast or working on it. And I'll have links to all that in the show notes. You, you can find a lot of their podcasts on Maximum Fun, another great place to support if you listen to podcasts, uh, Maximum Fun Podcasts, Maximum Fun. I think I sounded like I said Maximum Fun. Uh, but anyway, without further ado, I don't know if I'm like I'm recording this. I don't know if I'm putting it in before or after, before the intro or before the story. But uh, here's this, here's a scoots from the past uh, 
And believe it or not, like almost 500 episodes or 400 episodes ago. But it really seems like yesterday because I can remember like checking this episode before it came out. I'm pretty sure on a plane. So uh, thanks and thank, thanks, uh, thanks, uh, McElroy's and everybody else out there that supported me along the way. Thanks. Uh, hey, are you up all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble, getting to sleep, trouble, staying asleep? Well, welcome. This is Sleep With Me, the podcast that's here to put you to sleep. Uh, we do it a bedtime story, and all you need to do is get in get in bed, turn out the lights, and press play. I'm going to try to do the rest. What I'm going to try to do is create a safe place uh, where you can set aside whatever's keeping you awake, whether it's uh, thoughts and, you know, things on your mind, uh, physical feelings, emotion, you know, anything you're experiencing, you know, whatever's keeping you awake. You could be traveling, uh, you could be see whatever, whatever, I'd like to distract you from that. What I'm going to do is uh, the safe place, one, there's no expectation on you. Uh, really, there's no, no expectation of you to listen to me. You don't even have to like the podcast. All I usually ask is you give it a few tries. Um, you know, see, see what you think. But, but and ideally, it'll put you to sleep. But you're also under no pressure to fall asleep. That's why I make the episodes about an hour. Because I'll be here. And what I do is I send my voice across the deep dark night. I use uh, lulling, soothing, creaky dulcet tones. Tonight, they're, I, I don't know, they... Suddenly, my voice has become extra creaky and dulcet right when I sat down to record. I think it's because my, this may be, what do you call it when you try to, uh, like when you use evidence, false evidence inducing, whatever, what do you call that, uh, anyone? Because, uh, like my oven's on. I don't know if that has anything to do with my voice being extra creaky. Uh, it has something in the oven. It's not a bun in the oven. Thanks for uh, all you that were saying, th- saying, thinking that. That's fine. I, you know that was that's funny. Scoots is making a big announcement tonight. We're live outside Sleep with Me Studios uh, on the grass. He this little packet patch of patch of grass. Oh, it, by the way, reporter, that's where Co. That's Co's. Um, you know that's her bathroom. Oh, we're live here outside Sleep With Me Podcast Studios on the sidewalk. Great. Uh, uh, Scoots has got a big announcement he's about to make. Uh, actually, I'm trying to do, you know, this isn't the best time for a news report, believe it or not. Uh, I was. I think you're here because I, I was going to announce I have something in the oven, but it's not a bun in the oven. Also, I don't know what year you've come from for news reporting. Uh, but I don't know if that was ever, like, it doesn't seem like an offensive term, I guess because a bun just, like, uh, but but I, I guess they don't use that term anymore. Yeah, I mean, I guess my part of my brain does, but I gotta, I can't do a news report. I got to get back to the listeners. I was just trying to explain. Oh, let me take that mic from you, actually. Thanks. What's your name? Brad Bradley? I think that's a big news person's name. Oh, Brad. Thanks, Brad. Um... Yeah, I was trying to make a, a correlation. I think that's what it is, a false correlation between the fact my oven's on and my voice feels extra creaky. Don't know if that's true or not, but, I, you know, I thought I'd say it. Uh, but Brad, here, I'll try to pitch you as the new listener, Brad. How do you feel about that? You're just trying to do a news report. Well, I'm just trying to open a pod. Well, I guess we're both trying to do something. I'm trying to open a podcast. Oh, I'm trying to bake. Well, no, no, no. I'm not trying to bake anything. Something's in the oven. I don't know if it, good question, Brad. 
Brad, I got a question for you. When you have something in the oven, are you baking it? What's the difference between baking, roasting, and the, um, what's the one they say when you go to a restaurant that is cooked in a liquid? Braising. What, do you know any of the differences between those? Okay, Brad's refusing to answer these questions. Uh, let me lay it on you, Brad. I, I think it's like half submerged in liquid and covered. Is that, uh, do you think it's roasting or uh, the other one? I already forgot what that word was in the liquid. You know, you don't know. Neither do That's the thing. I don't know either. But you said I was baking. I'm sure I'm not baking anything. Anyway, I'm going to bake a sleepy cake as fast as I can. It will actually be slow, about an hour. Uh, but, yeah, I was trying to correlate my creaky dulcet tones to the fact the oven's on, Brad, because I make a podcast to put put people, in your case, Brad, if I was, uh, you know, doing it personally for you, in your feathered hair, in your perfect jaw, and uh, no, no, I'm just being complimentary. No, no, no. The sleep podcast involves very strict boundaries. I can compliment you, but I don't mean it. No, I'm kidding. You do like it. it I'm just stating, I'm correlating, uh, you know, you, you're just a, oh, because you can't compliment something when it's a figment of, within your own mind based on your self image. No, 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 Brad, you're not based on me at all. Anyway, Brad, back to the compliment, back to the compliments. And, uh, I forgot. Oh, I was going to say um, the podcast to push you to sleep, Brad. In this case, it's a sleep with me. The podcast that puts Brad to sleep. We do it the bedtime story, Brad. Okay. I'll stop saying your name. And what I usually do, the structure of the show, if you're new here, since you are, is, is the first report, uh, I get really tempted to keep repeating your name. I like to do that for some reason. And that's one sign you're not going to like the podcast. You say, well, how many times are you going to say Brad? And they said, well, there was one. I remember an intro in the two or three hundreds that I said Brad even more because I was talking about Brad. And then I started talking about Brad. So those things uh, used to used to hold screenplays and reports together. Hey, Brad, what are the odds your last name's Brass? That, like, that would be a real good news person's name. Brad Brass, you're reporting on the Bun and Scooter's Oven. It turns out he's doing that thing where he's braising. He may be braising, he may be roasting, but he's not baking a bun in his oven. Brad, 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 what was it again? You don't know either. Uh, it's Brad Brass, Brad Brass uh, reporting. Uh, do you, what do you think? Maybe you should, maybe you could start out with a reading rainbow segment. That sounds more like a kid on reading rainbow. Today's story, the podcaster that had a bun in his oven. It's the story of a reporter who goes to investigate. I liked this book because it was so silly. This is Brad Bradderson reporting. And then it goes, but I'm bump. You know that? Are you familiar with reading rainbow? No. Hmm. It's uh, it's not that doesn't give me the greatest faith in our news system, Brad. You don't know what reading rainbow. This is Scooter live uh, doing a podcast intro within a podcast intro for Brad. You're right, Brad. I shouldn't be doing any reading rainbow based shaming. What would LeVar Burton say? He probably wouldn't be happy with me, but it would be. But yeah, you're right, because this is with all within my own mind. It's probably OK. 
Anyway, Brad, usually the structure of the show, since you're new here, is about a five-minute, you know, covering, uh, getting the business stuff out of the way. Then we do eight to 12 minutes of an intro where I try to explain, in this case, uh, to a proxy reporter named Brad Brad Brass, uh, how the podcast works. That's like, that puts a lot of people to sleep. For some people, the intro is a show within itself, uh... It feels familiar, but it's because this is the first time you've been on it, Brad. No offense, probably the last. Brad Brass is hard to say because uh, I have to have a high sibilance awareness, Brad Brass. And also uh, rhymes with so many, like I just want to keep rhyming it and then, you know, do something like throw you out of my pretend office and say, get your, you know, out of here, Brass. Uh, anyway, Brad, uh, so then, and then we'll do a story uh, tonight. It'll be like a little bit of uh, it'll be. I don't know what it'll be. I mean, I think I know what it'll be, but it never turns out like that. But I'll have lulling, soothing tones. I'll take my time getting there. Oh wait, this was supposed to be a thirty-second report. Oh, this was supposed to be a joke. You're supposed to be. This was a joke report. Oh, lighthearted segment. That's what you call it at the news station. Well. I guess because I don't have a bun in my oven, you picked you picked the wrong podcast to report on. I do. It's not baking, Brad. We went over this. It's maybe roasting or uh, the other one. Keeps slipping out. What do you think that? What do you think's the deal with that, Brad? Do you ever wonder why? Like, why is your mind like my mind's fumbling with that word? I really can't. It's like some things, it's like some words have a mail slot in my brain and some don't. And like I go to put it in the mail slot, it just drops on the floor. Yeah, just like I'm, I am imagining I'm working in a hotel lobby, exact, an old-fashioned one. You're right, Brad. It's a brazing. Brad, bra, brazen Brad, we could call you. Why don't you, let's, how about that, Brad? Brazing Brad Brass. Like, uh. A couple of things we could pitch that. We could get to Food Network. You could have your own braising show. I don't like braising with Brad Brass. doesn't have the same punch. I wouldn't pitch. I would only pitch braising Brad Brass. Also, then I can write a, a, a like a biography about you. Raising, braising Brad Brass. Yeah, no, I work with a niche publisher. We only publish fake biographies about fake people with, you know, Oh, you didn't know you weren't real. You didn't catch on when when you, you, I renamed you Brazing Brad Brass? Oh, the days when you were at the schoolyard, Brad, running around, telling the other kids about cooking and liquids at uh, 325. Is, so do you think that's brazing? I mean, you'd be the only one I'd ask. I mean, if we could have started, we, we, this intro would have been two or three minutes if I would have known when we started. You were bra- like that. The report outside, reporting outside my apartment was the one, the only brazing Brad Brass. I could have said, Brad. Well, first of all, you'd probably lose your name because you thought I was baking something. Um, oh, brazing buns. You're right. That could be our first episode: brazing buns in an oven with brazing Brad Brass. All right, you're catching on, Brad. We'll be fine. Uh, uh, you know, but yeah, like uh, I could have just gone outside and been like, "Hey, are you, wait a second, are you braising Brad Brass?" Because it has something in my oven. It's cooking. We we can we can all agree on that. It is cooking. 
but I'm not quite sure if I'm baking it, roasting it, or braising it. Uh, but so I want to run it by the only person I could, uh, you, Mr. Brass. The brazer. Did they call you the brazer at some point? Like when you got to middle school, you went from brazing Brad to the brazer? You don't know what I'm talking about. Okay. Well, anyway, I, I, I believe it or not, Brad. Oh, wait, I was doing a, podca- a personal podcast intro for brazing Brad Brass. What did you say, Brad? Oh. <laughs> and, uh, Seuss just turned over? Really? Because they overused alliteration? Oh, well. I'll, t- I'll tell you what. Uh, t- t- I'll take your I'll take your Seuss and raise you a shell Silverstein if if you want me to keep alliterating, buddy. Okay, I'm just I'm not, I don't I don't get aggressive. I, that was faux aggression. Don't worry, Brad. I'm glad you're here because really, if you're I mean, if you're like clearly, these news reports are tough on you because you showed up here under some kind of pretense that I had a bun in my oven. And really, you just want to spread the love of brazing across the globe. But maybe when I take you under my wing, uh, you can see the full horizons of brazing. Because what I was going to say is it seems like uh, you want to spread your love of brazing. And that's what I, how, why I started this podcast. A little different. Uh, I had trouble sleeping. Liked to, I like telling rambling stories and, you know, having this kind of... Uh, uh, senseless banter with imaginary figures. This seems like my area of expertise. I'm no brazer. I may be brazing and podcasting at the same time, uh, but mostly I just like putting people to sleep with my silly stories. And, and I'm, I'm glad I can help you uh, as you try to decide uh, the focus of your, the next stage of your career. Uh, you could, I don't know, Brad. I, I can't even. I don't even know if I should pitch the audience on that. Blazing, the blazing brazer, Brad Brass. So it'd be like a barbecue brazing show. Oof. I don't, you're not going to, are you going to like bleach your hair? Anyway, I got to go, Brad, believe it or not, like this has been lovely. I mean, I'll be thinking about this until the thing's out of the oven. Uh, but like, I got to get back. Like, let me pretend you're my audience. So anyway, this podcast is a little bit different. If you haven't noticed uh, a little bit silly, uh, but you don't have to pay attention. You know, you don't have to fall asleep. You just kick back and listen. If you're new here, like the, the quad B or whatever we're going to call this, uh, reporter quad B, I knew you'd like that, but, uh, if you're new here, you're welcome. You know, I can't promise this podcast doesn't work for everybody. It takes a few times, especially if you're skeptical. Why wouldn't you be? It is confusing, though, because and I'm not still not sure if I'm baking, roasting, or braising. And we're all. Anyway, I apologize for Brad. Brad, Brad you know, but he's, he's, he's really young. He's a young, young man. Uh, but I'm glad you're here, and I really hope and really yearn to help you fall asleep. Thanks for stopping by. Uh, all right. Hey, everybody. This is a uh, scooter and welcome to, uh, I guess like I'm always like, I get, I, I get these ideas. And one of the great things about the podcast is I get to test out random ideas. And this might be a little dated when it gets released, but, uh, like, uh, it will, one, this won't be dated. Like, I don't know how many of you listen to the podcast, my brother, my brother and me with the McElroy's. Uh, but you should check it out. And uh, but but uh, if you don't, and you say, well, who, uh, let me tell you who listen. Lynn Manuel Miranda listens to my brother, my brother and me. So there you go. 
Also, I like to listen to it. And in a recent episode, well, the last episodes that I heard that came out, uh, they were talking about like the, the changing of the year in January and uh, what are we going to call this new year? And one of the pitches was uh, 20 Riven Teen. Uh, and okay, they heard the crickets. They say, what did you, what did you say, Scoots? They said, yeah, 20 Riven Teen. And named after 20 years, I think, no, maybe not. Is it 20, is it Riven 20 years old or 10 years old? I don't know. Oh, wow, it is 20 years old. So, right, 2097. So, hmm, I kind of remember the game Riven. And then on this particular episode, which uh, hopefully I'll link to, they also had this other thing they talked about, which uh, kind of drew me in for maybe the second half of this episode. Uh, but I was thinking about this game, Riven. So Riven was a PC game. Now, I'm not going to tell it like uh, I won't tell you any facts uh, uh, because uh, like, yeah, but I guess this would be like, so this is a Tuesday episode. Maybe it'll be trending Rending Riventine. I guess that's what it'd be. Rending Riventine, an episode in honor of Riventine. And hopefully we can make this into a two-part, like a two, like a, like where the story will carry into the next thing. Uh, but so Riven was a video, a PC Mac game. Uh, I think pre 1997 it came out. So pre console. And it was a sequel to the game Mist. And, uh, here's what I remember about it personally. Cause in the night, like, so this would have been the late nineties, uh, like, and I guess the game was re-released. I, I don't, I don't know the date. Uh, uh, but like, uh, this was the time I was in a relationship. I was living like, like a late nine, the end of the nineties. So I guess not that long. I don't think I played the Riven in 97, but maybe at the end of the nineties, I played it. Maybe the early aunts. Uh, I'm not sure I played Mist, and maybe like so. If you're a huge Riven or Mist fan, uh, you know maybe maybe take like uh, I don't know what to tell you because I probably will like. Also, if you've listened to this podcast, my memory just doesn't really it, like re- record stuff when it feels like it, and then she says, "Well, let me show you this picture." I'm not you make sense of it, and that's what it was like when I took a test too. Would say, "Well, I'll show you these numbers. Go ahead and figure it out." And I say, "No, no, no." You're my brain. You're supposed to help me here. Well, yeah, here's a couple pictures of stuff. That's what's in my head right now. Here's a couple pictures of stuff. Uh, but let me tell you the most prominent pictures right now was uh, so, uh, like, I, I, I was living with my girlfriend at the time, and uh, she was not a gamer. And I think, like, uh, this, like we talked about video games not that long ago. And I think this was at one point, actually, I think, okay, I'm pretty sure this was the end of the 90s because I'm pretty sure I know what my job was, uh, was when I was installing ergonomic, like, keyboard trays and stuff like that. Um, Almost positive. That's making more and more sense, maybe. And uh, let's see. So I remember, so she was not a video game player at, like, a, like not at all. Like, and I hadn't been, and I think uh, so. We must have had a computer. 
So maybe I'm getting my, like, I may be getting some of my dates mixed up here, but, uh, so somewhere between 1997 and 2001, this could be anywhere in those four or five years. Uh, we were like in, I, I know exactly where we were. We were in Pleasanton. And so this was still when you would buy, like we were driving there for, we were out there for some reason. And this was like, uh, and if you listen to that video game episode, what are the two things I used to love doing? Uh, drinking and playing video games and it, mist and riven are different which we'll get to uh but so um i didn't think this would be video game heavy but i guess like trying to explain riven i really want my brain to work with me here because it's a rich environment so let's see so what happened was uh there used to be those computer, like there was stores where you would buy computer, like kind of like Best Buy. I don't know what they were called, Comp USA maybe, uh, where you could buy video games. Uh, I have a couple other memories about that, the stores like that. But so, and also there was a, a Bevmo. So at some point we're out there, and I said, Jesus, let me let's just go into this Comp USA. Maybe we needed something other else too. But I think I pitched her on this Riven. I said, like, maybe I'd read about it or heard about it. And I'm pretty sure it was Riven and not Mist. But it could be wrong. It could be Mist. But I'm pretty sure it's Riven. Uh, so we must have had a decent computer. So that that would make it more in the later 90s. Um, Like, that must have been what happened. Is I remember I got a decent computer at some point. And then I said, well... If I have a computer, I might as well start playing games again. And, yeah, that makes sense because I probably got it with, like, a decent card and a decent sound card. Yeah, this is all starting to make sense. I still have – you want to talk about when you buy – you want to talk about going off subject. But uh, uh, so this is 20 years ago-ish, uh, like, or 18. I mean, maybe 18 or 17 years ago. So when I bought that computer, this computer that we're talking about that I would play Riven on, it came with computer speakers. I still have those computer speakers. And I don't know if it was some sort of an anomaly or because the speakers, they came with a computer, but it was like a little bit better. Like I bought it from an independent computer store that sold PCs, PC cologne type computers. And I think they had like like different levels, like you could customize, but it was basically like a super cheap one, the middle one, and, and this was when computers were still like kind of expensive, like not do like uh, but so I got to like the middle model, which came with these speakers, which were like it's just two speakers and a subwoofer, woofer, but the sound that comes out of these computer speakers. Not only is it good, I mean, I'm not an audiophile, but like most computer speakers have weak sound. Like uh, this one, like I can't even put it at full volume, like uh, like still it would would blow the windows out. And which is just strange. I think that I don't even know what brand they are. I think the company, I think maybe, I don't know. Um, But yeah, like talk about getting your money's worth. There's still, I keep in my kitchen attached to the uh, Echo Dot. And uh, you you, like use those speakers every single day now, still 20 years later. And these are like little square computer speakers. 20 Riventine, the year I talk about computer speakers. 
But so, uh, so we went to, so at some point we were out in Pleasanton, California, which is like a suburb of the Bay Area, not too far out there. And I think at the time it was the only place there was an In-N-Out burger. Uh, like there wasn't any in, uh, the Bay Area, like the, like in Oakland or, uh, San Francisco. And so we were, I'm sure we ate at In-N-Out Burger and then we probably went to BevMo and got some wine and beer. And then at some point we went to this video game store and then I said, like, we got to check this game Riven out. And because it's like, uh, there's games like this now on the iPad, like a point and click adventure where the kind of. Um, you're meant to discover the story. It, it, it's uh, it, it's it's not. It's more of like a, a think piece, I guess. I don't know. That might be the wrong use of that word, but like nothing's handed to you on a silver platter, even the controls or anything. Like my memory of Ribbon is like the. I'm not sure if it came how much literature it came with, but that you start the game and you don't even know what your goal is or. Like other than like anything, like you just start the game, you're, you're on these islands and my, my girlfriend, Natalie, she, she like was like, uh, she was into it because uh, it was a very, it's a very puzzle based game. And I don't know if we completed it, but I remember we spent some good time like, uh, in like taking, like working together and taking notes, a lot of note taking. Some of these puzzles were tough. And it's weird that I just made fun of my memory, but I can see all her notes because she she had good handwriting. So her notes would be readable, and she was also good at analytical and like math stuff. Uh, so we would play we played this game. I mean, we, like I don't know how consistently we played it, uh, and we I know we never finished it because but because there was a couple puzzles. Uh, uh, that we just never get, like, I don't know where we got hung up on or maybe just got burned out. But like my memory of the game is it's very atmospheric. It has very atmospheric music. You're on these islands and there's like, uh, like, uh, architecture. I'm pretty sure there's like these, uh, like monorail type things that connect the islands and you're trying to get access I remember, like, underwater viewing. I think at some point you communicate with a whale or something, and that's one of the puzzles. And I think a puzzle is, like, monitoring, remotely monitoring lights. And, like, a, a jung- I guess maybe this won't take long. Like, and then, like, like it was, like, very, like very uh, tropical, like these jungles and, uh, you know, everything slowly rusting. Beautiful, beautiful, beautifully done game. And I actually found like a bunch of w- wires from 1987, 97. And I have one on the making of the game that I'm going to send. I think I'm going to send it to Justin, the, on, uh, the Mac, uh, my brother, my brother and me, just because he's so nice. But I it was like, I'm going to try to read the article first. Um, but so I guess that's what I remember about Riven. I'm trying to think anything more that comes up. I think because I, I didn't know. So I was thinking about Riven, and then I was thinking about, uh, uh, like, uh, like, like, I was like, like, I was like, huh, could it, could that guide us through an episode? Okay, so I was thinking, like, uh, how would we do this as a rending, like, how can we, like, really bring in Riventine with a, 
you know, like the way it deserves it. Uh, so I, I think I thought of an idea to use a riven uh, wrens in a way uh, that'll work in, in a story. Uh, and I guess this is like a little bit of a gift to McElroy's because like, there's such a really great people and really great uh, influence on podcasting. Uh, so settle back for the first story of uh, 20 Riven Teen. And you might say, you know, geez, what is going to be the link between Riven and this story? And I'd say very little. Uh, like maybe the link would be in the circus-like nature of my thoughts, uh, in the thoughts of the news and, uh, you know, the, the waning fortunes of uh, cir- circuses in, in this day and age and the need to have your circus be cutting edge is, is I like, uh, as you know, I'm a, like, I'm, I'm a, I'm a person that thinks about going to cir- like circuses a lot and not necessarily that it, who does, but says, man, uh, I'd like to be a person that goes to like more underground circuses or circi or circ, uh, uh, but maybe I'm not always that person. And, uh, but I was like, as you know, I am familiar with the story of the purple people circus, uh, the founding, like, I actually don't know anything about the founding, but when the founders met, uh, you might recall the episode. I don't know the episode number. Yeah, but it was uh, the title was something about a ventriloquist dummy, and that was about the found like when the founders of the well the creator and his part his future partner uh, for the Triple P Circus, the Purple's People's Circus. I don't know why it's called. The, I, I think I was the one that they, they gave them the title, the Triple P Circus. I'm just realizing uh, that there's only two P's. There might be another one. Uh, but Barry, Mr. England, he was in London searching for the next big busker. And that's where he met uh, Martha, Martha Mark. And, you know, they kind of like she she was a, she had this new ventriloquist act, uh, you know, a little bit more, uh, but a little bit more. Her, hers was just a little bit more fun. Like it was more busker based. uh like, like like a more modern ventriloquist dummy show where you're not sure if it, you, you know she's just but anyway like they admit they like uh, and I guess that's all we knew was they met on the streets of London where she was busking with her dummy whose name hopefully I have somewhere uh, but I, I guess I don't I actually have notes uh, what does this say money is movie. I don't know, but her dummy was like, uh, <laughs> who's the dummy now? Uh, her, her dummy was kind of over sass and snark. So, so, but whatever they, they ended up forming, uh, the, like the purple people's circus. And if you want the details on your wet, their wedding, I'm sure it's at like, you know, circuscelebs.com or something, but I know they used Archer's theme. And they always say, I say, our trust is theme. And I'm not familiar with that song, but I think for, and they were married before, the like when the Purple People Circus consisted of uh, three people, if you count the dummy. 
And, you know, after they were married, they, they had this dream of building this new circus, a social circus, subtext, subtextual social circus. Uh, maybe I'm projecting some meaning onto it, but, uh, you know, there was a, just a circus for the, the, for, for the day. And uh, I guess maybe that's what we're seeing now. Is, and, and I think I talked about it in that episode. And maybe this is where Cirque du Soleil tries to be, I don't know. I don't. I guess I don't want to weigh in on the circus industry. Uh, but uh, so they started searching the world uh, for performers and just traveling and busking when they could to pay, to pay their bills. I guess it was their, maybe you could say it was their honeymoon. And I think they, I want to say they were in Prague because I like, I love, like I have visited Prague once and I loved it there. And I love the people there and the architecture. And they, they were going through like, a, what's it called? I don't know the name of anything anymore. But I tell you, there's this one plaza and there's this old church. It's just very mysterious. And then there's a bell tower that I went up or some sort of tower that I was able to go up. And I kept looking at this church, and I said, "This is a, this is something that's been or a cathedral, maybe." And you see, you've seen it. It's, it's it's on the other side of the river from Prosky Hart. That's what Prosky Rod or whatever you call it, Prague Castle. I call it Prosky Hard. And uh, what is it like? A Starry Maestro, Old Town. Uh, but, but you like, uh, in near the, near the old town and on your way to the Charles bridge, I think in like the parade grounds or like, uh, whatever the like road is called, I guess I won't be invited to Prague, but a, uh, so I love, but I love it. That's fine. That, that'll make it hurt if you don't invite, you know, but you like a, you're right. I should get my facts straight. So what was my point? So there's this gatehouse that you go through, I think a gate room, they call it, uh, and the way there. And they heard the cheers, uh, the cheers of uh, like a, a happy crowd being, you know, busk of buskies. And it was just breaking up and, and they saw this gentleman there. And he was dressed in like a, like a strange, strange outfit, like striped pants clashing with a checkered shirt, but he wasn't a clown. And the crowd was still like, they were going up to him and giving him second tips and clapping and just like disbelief, disbelief. And then they, they looked at each other and they went right up to him. And he was packing up because it was late afternoon. This was the fall, and there was a chill in the air. And they they they, they played dumb, you know. They they Mr. England said, uh, and Mr. England Barry. He I think sometimes he uses an English accent, but I'm pretty sure we found out he's from Minnesota. Unless Martha, but but anyway, it doesn't matter. He said, "Hey, uh, well, I'll just use you know, this is a recreation." Uh, he said, like, hey, wow, uh, did we miss the show? And the performer said, uh, you, you did. I'm just packing up for the night. And he said, oh, it's a shame, dear. I'm sorry that it, you, you won't see. The, 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 she go, he goes, I've been hearing about your performances, like, all over the, the city. 
People said, you got to get down there. My wife, she, she loves, uh, she loves, and he kept pausing. And this guy was kind of, the performer was kind of, hmm. And, uh, he goes, she really, she really did not want to miss, a, uh, uh, and he said, Fushigi art. And he said, well, I get, yeah, you, what? Yeah, she couldn't, she, no, no, no. He goes, I thought this was the jungle totem. And he said, jungle totem. And he said, well, that's what we heard. It was, uh. It was like a like a, a guy that could do these like he could make a illusion of trees, and uh, then he would climb a pole, and he would stand at the top of the pole and pretend he was a tree. That's not you. And he said, "Do you see any poles around here?" And Mister England said, "Well, as a matter of, like uh, like uh, like wooden poles, no, I don't see any wooden poles." And the, the, like, the guy was not, he goes, well, honey, I guess it doesn't matter. We don't need to see this show. And she goes, huh, a shame. Uh, like, and then she goes, dear, this is Martha speaking. She goes, dear, what time does this train leave? And Mr. England said, well, I'm pretty sure we're, we're going to be close to missing it. But the rest of the performers are on their way, on their way to Bucharest. And... And the guy said, the rest of the performers, and he said, oh, yeah, yeah. He goes, we're, we're working on a, a, a new circus, uh, and we really wanted the, 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 the totem tree guy uh, for the circus. But, yeah, that's fine. We, 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 anyway, what did you say? What kind of, you said you, you're some kind of artist. We thought you were a performer. And the guy goes, I am a performer, the greatest performer he he goes you should, he goes I never even he goes I've been per- performing in Prague, you know, for months and uh, never heard of this uh, to to like tree totem or whatever. And the Mister England said, well, I don't know. Like like every survey, you know, these theme like these these like busker surveys. He uh, goes, you don't go to busker survey uh, island theme dot com. And the guy, because this was the old days when, like, I think that was the thing. I don't know what year this was, but you know how you have to go to GeoCities. I think it was like a GeoCities website, but islandtheme.com or something. And he said, no, 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 no. And anyway, that was, like, too boring for the podcast. They just were, like, because it was confusing. And he said, well, anyway, sorry to waste your time. We got to get going. We got to catch a train with all the other performers. We go, we're headed to Bucharest. And then the guy kind of, he said, well, it's fine. He goes, like, uh, he goes, he goes, well, maybe I'll just do one more show. You go ahead though. And then he started his like warm up, where he said, like he started looking around for kids and then he started like pretending like, you know, this is the kind of good, this is when you get into these good performance. Like he's like started looking frantic, like he's looking for something and he starts digging through his box and throwing things. And, you know, then the kids that are nearby, like he's throwing a rubber chicken and a boot. And then a can comes out of the boots. And it's all this little suitcase. This guy was not a clown, but, but it, like, he did have clown influences, as a lot of buskers do. And then he's like, you know, then a, like a roller skate. And then he's trying to pick stuff up. Then he slips in, you know, the, he was like, had a comedic, uh, 
very loud, you know, tin cans, like to just get a lot of attention, a lot of noise that we don't need right now, but fun noise. And the funnest noise of all, like kids laughing at people, like banana peel, like all, every, every bit, uh, even like, uh, he accidentally stands on the rubber, like he thinks he's, like he pretends he can't see the rubber chicken. Then he stands on it and then it's like, like it makes a noise and then he like looks around and then the kids are like, like that brings the kids over because then they say, what? And he says, they say, under your feet. And then he pretends that the chicken, he says, oh, oh, Bernice, oh, Bernice, you know, and then the kids are cracking up and then the adults have to come over. And then he, like, uh, then he asks the kids to help, just put the stuff away. And then they say, like, uh, the kids say, well, what would you do? And he said, well, I was going to, like, I'm just got to get going. I'm headed to Bucharest with these two. Uh, and he said, like, unless you, like, does anybody want a show? Like, like, and then he goes, oh, no, I can't do my show because I can't find my, 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 uh, my, my Miss Marmalade. And then they see, like, he says, like, uh, you know, she's like, I got to go to the church. I got to go to the temple. And I, I, I forgot. I can't find my Miss Marmalade. I need, I got it. I need some help from beyond. And then they, he's like, uh, like, like, then he pretends to, to, to weep. And the kids, like, then there's even more kids and more parents. And the parents, it's a little bit over the top. So the parents, even the kids can pick up on the fact that he's kind of kidding then he whispers uh, to Martha to play, like, to get over to his boombox to play Village Entrance theme number one. And they, they say, she says, "Okay, okay." And then uh, he, then he goes, like, he, like I can't remember this bit. He has something that's really good that, of course, I missed or I forgot. But like something to connect, uh, like, like his like sadness to hope. Uh, where he, uh, whatever he does, that, and he says, "Well, then now I have a great idea. That gives me a great idea. Maybe a kid. I think what happens is he waits for somebody to sneeze or whisper. I think it must be that, like situational. Maybe someone sneezed. That was it. And then he pulled out tissues, clown style, thousands of tissues, and and that's when he gets the idea. I don't know if he does it if no one sneezes." Uh, because then he does like a bit, like a, what do you call that, a mime bit where he's trying to pull back the tissues and it's too hard. And then he says, oh, and he says, do you think you could all help me? And then if anyone isn't there, he calls, he says, ladies, come over here, come over here. Who believes in the power of magic? And he goes, I've like uh, misplaced Miss Marmalade, or I can't, I don't remember again, uh, and everyone goes, who, like, who, who's Miss Marmalade? Uh, and he says, well, not my cat. He goes, it's a, he goes, it's a magical ball, my crystal ball, uh, Miss Marmalade. And, uh, he says, I can't, and he, he says, I looked everywhere. And he says, sometimes she gets the idea of like uh, going off on her own. So I have to like uh, I have to bring her back, uh, and he says, "Do you want? Do you think you want to help? Do you think you want to help?" And they say, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah." And he goes, "This usually works." He goes, "The first time I met her, I was off on an adventure, 
And then he like still has the, the, uh, and this is very cool stuff. And believe me, Mar at this point, Marta and Mr. England are like, uh, a jackpot. Too bad we lied about the circus in Bucharest, but we'll figure that out. Uh, cause he has all these tricks. Like he, so he has the, like a string of handkerchiefs, but then he starts swinging it like a rope and telling this elaborate tale of climbing the Alps or like obviously the local mountain range or wherever, uh, I don't know, like all the mountain ranges of the world. Cause, but it, like, let's just say the Alps. And somehow he like throws it up in the air and it like sticks and then he pretends he's climbing. He doesn't actually climb, but I don't like, I don't know how he made it like just handkerchiefs into a rope that like, and then maybe into a stick. I don't know the illusion, but he talks about how he's going into moity caves and uh, like he was adventuring there looking for this rare ice they had, like that he, this mother liked to drink. So then he gets silly again and like does an imitation of his mother, like and he like he's like asks the kids if they have to do chores because he says this was my chore, to climb the Alps, and bring this ice back to me mother, and he's like uh, even then he tells play the moity theme or whatever, to Marta, and then he says he like he's he was in the cave and. Uh, like he was looking at the ice and he saw this ice glowing further on and then he slipped and he fell in this uh, giant ice, you know, like a kind of polar bear would ride. And he said it was like a boat ride. It was in this river in the cave. And he said he's traveling through the river and he goes into the lake, uh, like this giant glowing room. And he said, there's a wizard in there. And the wizard says, oh, finally you're here. And he goes, oh, no, he goes, I just need it. I'm just here for ice for my mother. And then he does, he, he said, have you ever met a wizard to the kids? And the kids say, uh, you know, depending on the air, I think at this, they said, no, no, no. And they said, well, there's some unpleasant wizards, and this was one of them. And then he said, I was telling him about my mother, and then he was, like, wanding me to, you know, be quiet. And he's like, I'm just here for ice for my mother's drinks. Uh, like, I got to get back to the village. I can't uh, stay for much longer. And he goes, oh, the, the wizard says, well, well you're going to be staying for a long time. He goes, because uh, look around. We're not just in a cave. And that's when he realizes, like, they're in, like, a like a, an ice bubble. It looked like, like a giant globe. And this, this, uh, the, the, the busker says, I, like, I don't understand. Uh, like, uh, and he goes, well, this is, he goes, uh, like, this is, he goes, I don't know how you got in here, but he goes, I, he goes, I think, uh, I'm going to swap spots with you because this is my prison. I'm the wizard Moiti. And long, this is a whole nother tale, you know, but he goes, long ago, you know, I think he links it back to his mom. He says, you know, my parents, I didn't do my chores. So he hams it up for the parents and starts to like soften them up. You know, you kid, you know, like for a tip later. You know, well, do you get paid for your chores? So a lot of banter, really, really well done. Also, he was doing like he had other props, uh, but he says, "Oh no, no, you won't." He goes, "What do you like?" He goes, "I'm trapped within this bubble," uh, and and then. Uh, 
like he said, he, like he says, well, I'm not saying I got to get this ice back to me mother and I'm not going to stay here with you. So then he says there's a chase and he said, I couldn't believe there's other rooms within this bubble, but then there's a red, red cave room. And then I get into this room is Wark's room or something. He said, I'm in here in Wark's room and he's trying to hide from the wizard and he had his cheek up against like the the wall of the I guess the bubble, uh, and he said, "She said, I'm just trying." He goes, "I'm," sh-. and then he was like, "I wonder if I could melt this bubble and get out of here." And then he said, "I felt the bubble speak back to me," and said, "You can. Your warmth, uh, like think of your mother and your warm feelings." And then he had a like. Then he used that to make the audience laugh. But he said, I need some ice for my mother. And then the, the bubble kind of, this is, this is the short version. But, you know, the bubble said, well, I'll need your help uh, uh, to keep Moity with, within the, 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 in here. And uh, so that no one uh, else stumbles upon his prison again, you know, that, like this. And then they, he said, that's when I met Miss Marmalade. Then he does a thing like Miss Marmalade, and this is very elaborate, not good for a sleep podcast, very visual. Uh, but basically, up like he still had the pretend mountain climbing thing. Then up at the top, you see the shiny like a uh, flash of a like a like a, a ball, a crystal glass ball, with something glowing in the side. Inside, you don't know if it's the reflections. And I guess technically it's called a Fushigi ball. I didn't know this because I thought it was like, you know, I like thought it was his creation, magical creation. Uh, But then it rolls down the the handkerchiefs into his hand. And he says, well, perfect timing, Miss Marmalade. I wish I would have paid attention with the name because it doesn't doesn't seem to fit. But at the same time, it does because the kids and then he's talking and he's doing these like, uh, like a like, I think these Fushigi things. I did watch a YouTube video, and they're like those balls that seem to levitate. Now this one, it seemingly levitated. It didn't seem to levitate. Uh, it was like uh, I I don't know. Like uh, like it was. This was high. If it was Fushigi art, this was the the, the pinnacle of Fushigi art. And so then he's doing things and then they're kind of, he's re like uh, closing out the adventure of how they, he escaped and she shrunk down and it, like, uh, like he, like he was supposed to rescue her. Then he brought back, like he didn't have the ice. So, was my, so then he said, I started, you know, I made a deal with uh, Miss Marple. I miss, her name's not Miss Marmalade, but, uh, like in order to keep, uh, uh, the, the moiety in the prison, uh, like, uh, and he says, play Catherine's prelude. Like he goes, uh, he goes, we still weren't sure because the, the, the globe was shaking, you know, and I got it back to my house and, and I, so I think I got ahead of myself. Like, uh, and then the mother was trying to do like, what is this? Maybe we'll sell this for ice. And they said, no, 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 no. And he said when he was struggling with his mother, he realized that it was uh, sapping the wizard of the wizard's power. And so then he said, well, then I got away from, you know, my mother because, uh, like, I earned my freedom from her uh, as her, you know, ice, because I bolted. 
And he goes, so now I have to do these tricks with the, the, the ball, like, uh, like to keep the wizard. So the wizard goes to sleep. It's kind of like, and then, and then he goes, did your parents ever rock you to go to sleep? And all the kids are like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember being rocked by my parents. And, uh, yeah, he goes, yeah, they just, you know, they sing you a song like the, the again lullaby. And the kids are like, again, lullaby. And he goes, well, that's a lullaby I sing to Moiety. Uh, but he goes, it's actually more of a, he goes, he goes, because of the prison. And, and then he, but then he also does stuff because the kids don't buy it, of course. So a lot of the tricks, and I don't know, I guess a sleep podcast isn't the best place to promote, uh, the greatest Fushigi uh, like, performer ever, you know, but then he pretends, I think that like, maybe like, I'm trying to think if I should tell you about the climax of the show. Yeah. Uh, cause I think he says, cause I think I missed a part where he, so he goes and gets it. Then at some point he realizes he gets out and then he makes a deal to like with, uh, the magical orb, Miss Marmalade, uh, to shrink down, uh, to have him hold it and guard it. I think he becomes the guardian of Marmalade. That was one the kids laughed about, uh, I think, at least in the places where people know Mar. Maybe he calls it the, the, Miss Jam and other places or Miss uh, Jelly. And then he talks about then the thing with his mom. I covered that. I missed something in there about, uh, I think at one point, maybe that, maybe, maybe I'm like, like, I think that then the wizard one night comes to him. Uh, oh, cause I think like, uh, he, he gets homesick. I think that's the other thing with the kids. He uses that one, the heartstrings. And also uses it to get the tips because he says, oh, like, you know, I moved away and I learned to do these tricks to kind of ride. Maybe he did. Yeah, he says, that's it. Because then he says, uh, yeah, all my tricks are lullabies to put the wizard to sleep. And so then he does some tricks. Maybe they're slow motion. Maybe that's to Catherine's theme. I think also Martha had never queued up the music for this performance before. So it's not, you know wasn't perfect, uh, but then he says one, like, I think the, the climax, oh boy, I knew, I remembered the climax, oh, that's what it is, uh, he, he becomes homesick, so that's the, because then the wizard, uh, one night comes to him, like, oh, singing all the lullabies and everything, he starts to miss his mother, and I think, because he's, maybe he's in Iceland, because that would be, you could probably make that funny for kids and that would make sense. And so then uh, one night the wizard comes to him in his dream and he's a very nice wizard now. Gotten so much good sleep from being rocked and lullabied. And I mean, you think about a, a good place to sleep, like an orb, like cli I think climate controlled by magic, you know, is a good place to sleep. It, like, uh, with some padding and, and stuff like that, like clouds. But so, let's see, where was he? So the wizard uh, comes to him in his dream. And he says, I see a fissure in you. You miss your mother. And then he shows, like, this is very, this is a little bit, like, par for the course. Like, he shows him the movie, like, about his mom within the globe. 
and she's missing her son. And then a fissure opens up in the thing. He says, like, it's very emotionally resonant. And then he's, like, even sitting, and somehow, I guess, like, I don't know the technology, but at some point he's sitting in the audience, and this is projected, like, a, like the, 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 you're seeing this, the audience is seeing this. So this is like some V, like it's not even VR level. It's our reality, actual AR, actual reality Fushigi. Like somehow, I mean, presumably he's projecting an image within the the Fushigi ball. And, you know, like pretty, I guess the fidelity is pretty good. Cause so then he, the, the busker is sitting there watching it with a family like of his mom, and, and then he then he does more of the show. Oh, maybe I should go back. Then it gets into more Miami thing where he's like like showing his emotional pull and pull like with the ball, little interpretive dancey. I mean, I don't want to like, like I said, geez, like uh, I mean, if I was telling this story, we would have had like one less plot point, no, or and no, I guess two more plot points or plot points. Uh, but he has this whole thing with the ball and the back and the forth, uh, and deciding and, uh, like, uh, like, should I go into the ball? Then he gets interactive with the kids and the parents. And then, you know, the wisdom of children, like he finds a kid with a mom and he says, well, would you go with like, and then the kid says, well, no, no, there's a, you have to keep the wizard in there. You could just go home and visit your mom, not by magical rift just go home and he says oh thank you thank you then he this is a little cheap too he like he says well the train tickets are so expensive and he says well who would want to help like and i said man i don't know if like this is ethical uh he says well like and of course he get like he rolls it in like people are like well he goes whoever would want to help me go visit my mom uh, you know, do, do you, do you throw in a few dollars, you know, like, uh, and even like Mr. Ang, but it, I mean, it's rough out there being a busker. So who am I to judge? Uh, but don't worry because then he get once he gets everybody's money, he, t- he does this, like he does a climax where he says, then I realized that there was still a fissure within the thing and like, cause then Miss Marple, Miss Mar, whatever they call Miss Marmalade called him. And so then he does a whole nother show, like a climax, like uh, where there's, he's battling the wizard and you're trying to get the wizard back to sleep. And, and then like using the thing, like he said, well, do you, have you ever, do, who has a older brother, older sister? And then, you know, then he, cause then he becomes out with this, uh, like, uh, very, um, like soft martial arts uh, solution, you know, non conflict oriented. He said, Jesus, arguing with your siblings ever work. So really, the parents are getting them, you know, the, the money is getting money, the, you know, and then another thing, like with fireworks inside the Fushigi ball. And then finally, like, like then this heartbeat within the Fushigi ball that's raising him up off the ground. And then he really does, he climbs up that rope that he, like, whatever mechanism he had. 
must be really strong because he pretends the Fushigi ball is pulling him upwards up the Alp, the rope they had going up the Alps and like levitating him, which totally mesmerizes him. Then there's fireworks. Then he must pull like a little, another Fushigi ball, a miniature one that's uh, like has an ice projection. And then he plugs it out and uh, like brings it back down and like drops it in a drink. uh, And then like sits down exhausted. And then the show, like, like the show's over, but he does sell like a cheap, uh, Pretty much like a like one of those light up ice cubes uh, to the kids too, if they want that. And, and of course, like after the show, like uh, I mean, you know, it's not perfect. Like it, it could use refinement, but Martha and Mister England Barry are like, holy cow! Uh, by the way, we're not the most ethical. We don't have a we don't have a circus yet, and we we don't we're not we're heading towards Bucharest in search of performers. And they said, what, like, they didn't even know what Fushigi was, much like me. And I don't know if that's a brand name, so I don't even know. I mean, that's just like, the like, uh, but I guess I don't know what you'd call it, like a glass, like, like, uh, what does it call? What do they call them? Crystal ball. But, but the Fushigi is more of the levitation part and bringing it to life, uh, so they say, geez, well, the, the, like, uh, so that was how the first, uh, uh, plutonic performer of, uh, it, weird that the, like, uh, the ventriloquist dummy wasn't there, but, uh, yeah. And that's how, uh, I don't even, I never caught, caught the dude's name. I would say Phil Fushigi, but maybe that's, I couldn't read you know, me. But yeah, that's a little bit about uh, the first botanic performer hired by the Purple People Circus. Uh, good night. Hey, I want to thank everybody on Twitter, Jelly Sack, uh, Alexandra S, uh, Texas Beck, uh, Borbley, Heather, Atomic April, uh, Dev the Guy, uh, Lauren M, Peachy, uh, Wither and Bloom Tea, thanks and good night, thank you and good night. Bubblegum Heart, uh, Six Strong, thanks and good night. Uh, 10F10, thanks and good night. Uh, Lisa S to the P, thanks and good night. Jason P, thank you and good night. Thrifty uh, Stitcher, thanks and good night. Uh, uh, Laura G to the J, thank you and good night. Uh, anesthesia, thank you and good night. Boss Bueno, thank you and good night. Uh, Babs, be like Babs, thanks and good night. Uh, Vanessa C, who recommended a thrifty stitcher, thank you and good night. Sparky Monster, thank you and good night. Sally W, thank you and good night. Uh, Mel S, uh, thank you and good night. Uh, Mickey B, thank you and good night. Radio, thanks. Illusionoid, thanks and good night. Stephanie L, Lady Steph, thank you and good night. Uh, Comedy Saves, Mama Lebon, thank you and good night. 
Thomas F. Tom does tweets. Thanks and good night. T to the H to the O to the M. Tom. Thanks. Uh, Bear Trap D. If you need some uh, fitness, uh, check out Bear Trap. Bear Trap Fitness. Thank you. Uh, Sad Moon Face Gal. Thanks and good night. Uh, Girl A. Thank you and good night. Uh, Mosh Jorgen. Uh, court. Court. Thank you and good night. Uh, Allie G, thank you and good night. Uh, Leah, thank you and good night. Uh, Allison F, thank you and good night. Uh, Levins, uh, Carmador, thank you and good night. Uh, Mixter Hyde, uh, thank you, thank you for recognizing that and good night. Lee K, thank you and good night. Uh, Trayville Spa, thank you and good night. Uh, Florence R to the K, thanks, uh, thanks and good night. Uh, Corey Funk, uh, thanks and good night. Funkomatic, keeping the lights on. Uh, Victoria, thank you. Uh, Vander, can't say your Twitter tag though. Uh, Melancholy, who call of soaps. Thank you and good night. Sad Miles, uh, no longer sad now. He's young and dope. Thanks, Miles. Good night. Kluji, Madison. Thanks for the show. Thank you for letting me know what Kluji is. Uh, thanks. Uh, Callie. Thank you and good night. Jennifer L. Thank you and good night. Emily B. Thank you and good night. Natalie M to the B, thank you, and thanks for reading about the podcast. Bobby F, thanks, and good night. Sammy M, thank you uh, for talking about the podcast, too. Thanks, and good night. Uh, Cassie the Human, thank you, and good night. Uh, Robert R, thank you, and good night. Uh, KT, thank you, and good night. Not very raven. Totally raven to me. Uh, I think if that's a good thing, thanks and good night. Meerkat, thanks and good night. Spoon fed music, thank you and good night. Tanya, uh, to the R, thanks and good night. Megan, Megamints, uh, <laughs> thanks. I like that saying that. Uh, Beth to the G to the Immer, thanks and good night. Mary Beth, thank you and good night. Susan T, thank you and good night. Uh, Eric S., thanks and good night. Sophie W., thanks and good night. Chastastic, thanks and good night. Uh, Nug, thanks and good night. Alice Noel, thank you and good night. Andrea W., thanks and good night. Uh, thanks and good night, everybody. Sleep well.